first and goal from the five. Give to McCaffrey. Trying to get around the right side. He does. McCaffrey leaps. End zone. Oh, touchdown. Up and in. Barkley again. Barkley. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Giants. Will Burrow gets it to Edwards in there again, and he's in. Touchdown, LSU. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, John June. And of course, I got my, my co-host with me, my guy, Greg Penniman. Greg, what is good, man? Yo, what's going on? What's going on, people? You know, getting through this. Uh, Rona situation, getting crazy with all these opt-outs, but, you know, we, we got to fight through. We got to rise above it and, and get these chips. Yes, sir. I mean, yeah, man, this is crazy. If you, if you, if you haven't heard, you haven't been paying attention, um, then, you know, you'll, you'll, we'll, well, obviously we got you covered, so we'll tell you about that. Exactly. But the NFL has the reserve COVID list where uh, players that have either tested positive or have been in contact with somebody with that's a known positive and are therefore quarantining for 14 days they will end up uh, on this reserve covid list uh, and they're on there for greg what is the timeline on that so yeah you're on that ir for three weeks if you do test positive during the season um yeah and then you have to get uh three straight negative tests in order to to come back into action yeah so you know very uh strict testing there um, and some just, you know, some prominent players that, uh, you know, you may have heard us talk about, we may talk about today or, um, you know, talk about in future episodes, but some guys that have ended up on that list. And again, we don't know if they tested positive. They could have just been, you know, around somebody that w- was positive or, and, you know, maybe true, true. having to quarantine. So um, we don't know all the whole story. So we'll have to find out as these guys start coming back. But Keyshawn Vaughn, running rookie running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Justin Jefferson, rookie wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Kenny Galladay, star wide receiver for the Detroit Lions. TJ Hawkinson, second-year tight end for the Detroit Lions. Jay Sternberger, second-year tight end for the Green Bay Packers. Um, for all my kicker people out there, Mason Crosby, the Green <laughs> Bay Packers kicker. Um, <clears throat> Devontae Booker, the Raiders. I didn't catch that one. Uh, running back for the Raiders, and then Matthew Stafford, the Detroit Lions quarterback. Um, So, you know, those guys are on there. Uh, It seems that looking at the dates here, uh, the the latest guy to go on it was Stafford, so he'll come off the latest. Uh, That'll be August 18th-ish. And if you, you know, the summer, you know, right now guys are reporting to training camp, uh, reporting to workouts. They're going to be working out for these next three weeks, uh, two weeks, before they even hit pads. So Matthew Stafford's expected to make it back for the padded practice. Obviously, we don't know what his health situation is or will be when he gets back. So um, we'll have to have to monitor that situation. And then obviously, we've had the opt-outs as well. Um, you know, players have been granted the opportunity to opt out for the season if they felt that it was unsafe to play. Um, and so, you know, they could have, well, there's two opt-outs. You can either opt out because, you know, you feel like it's unsafe and, you you know, you'd rather not risk it. Um, so those players' contracts for from all my dynasty people out there, those players' contracts will get put on pause, essentially. Um, so they will come back 
the next year under their current contract for 2020. Uh, so it just gets pushed to 2021 and 2022 and so on. Um, so and then you could also opt out for health reasons as well. If you had a pre a pre-existing health condition, um, you know, so th- then you could opt out. Uh, one guy that didn't have that didn't fit either of these criterias, um, but that's uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif, the, the right guard or the guard for the, the Kansas City Chiefs. He's actually choosing to opt out because he wants he's a doctor um and so he wants to help wow he'd rather if he if he's gonna be it put himself at risk he'd rather um help you know coronavirus patients as opposed to to risking himself on a football field Amen. so big ups um, to him. yeah big ups to him for sure um other guys that have opted out <clears throat> um you know fantasy fantasy relevant people um devin funches not sure he was really fantasy relevant <laughs> um but <laughs> Marquise Goodwin <clears throat> also opted out. Uh, Marquise Lee, the Patriots, also opted out. Um, but the big one, the big news that you know oh, basically man. turned fantasy community upside down uh, earlier in the week, that was Damian Williams running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. So obviously that's going to have an impact there on rookie running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I know Greg is winking at DeAndre Washington. Oh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Um, so, so Greg, what's your take on on? I guess we'll talk about today's the running back breakdown show. Uh, we haven't mentioned that part. Very important. Yes, sir. Uh, obviously, we did quarterbacks last week, so you're gonna have to want, want to go back and listen to that one. Um, but we're gonna talk about. I'm sure we'll talk about Clyde Edwards Hilaire. But Greg, how are you? Um, how are you handling this situation, or how would you hope that your commissioner? Uh, <clears throat> commissioner handles these situations (laughs) (laughs) um so you know i think uh it's gonna be definitely a new year for all of us we're all gonna have to adjust um throughout the season i think players that are you know got to be very active if you're gonna have to pay attention to the waiver wire this year it's probably the one year where you're gonna have to like maybe dig deep and get some players know some rosters um be able to pick up those players so i think Fat budget has got to be a thing to keep it fair for the the players in, in mm-hmm. your league. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So especially for uh, maybe a, maybe a time kind of restraint on when those waivers become available for the free agents after the fab. So maybe like a, a, a ten o'clock or something like that. I think that changing that time would be important. Uh, also, IR spots. I think you know more of those spots should be available. Uh, so usually leagues go with one or at least two. Uh, I think maybe that could be considerably bumped up to maybe a three or four type number this year. So uh, it's just, we just all have to adjust. Commissioners have to adjust. Uh, the fantasy players have to adjust. Uh, and yeah, we'll, ha- we'll have to get through it. But, you know, I, I believe that we can. Um, and I believe that we'll still be able to push through and get an NFL season. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, that's a great point about the fab. Because, um, you know, we've, we all have that person in our league that, you know, has, you know, more is more accessible to a phone mm-hmm. than the rest of us or more accessible to their computer or maybe their job allows them to sit at their computer all day. And so they're just getting news and making transactions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that would be unfair to the rest of the league. So I know some ideas I've been I've, I've heard is making uh, making it a daily fab. So, you know, the fabs are just running every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, maybe you turn it off on like on Sunday or something, uh, after a certain time, just so, you know, people can, can make those last minute transactions or something like that. But I think that's a, that's a good approach right there. Um, and then the IR spots. Yeah. I mean, I think 
you know, you're definitely going to have to up your IR spots. I've also, uh, one idea that's been floated around is you just, you, you put it at the max and you just run it on an honor system, you know, like, like hey, we're, we're only going to use these spots for, um, for COVID, for people that end up on this COVID reserve list. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's another option as well. But yeah, you know, like we talked about in the the draft tips episode, we got to adjust, man. We, that's all we got to do, right? We're like, you know, we're no different than the guys on the field, right? Yep. We have to adapt. We have to adjust, um, you know, and, and just press forward, man, and just win these chips. That's, that's all we, that's all we yeah. have to do. Yep. You know, there'll be people out there that, you know, are going to give up and stuff. But if you push through, that gives you an advantage right there to keep going and probably possibly get a playoff spot and make that run. Absolutely, man. Was, look, man, it's making the playoffs is, is easy because as long as you're listening to us and you're doing the right things and you're paying attention, like you can fall into the playoffs. It's yep. winning the championship. That's hard. Yep. Um. So, you know, like you just continue to power forward press through it and you know build the best roster that you can uh greg is you know is COVID changing how you draft is it changing how you approach this season uh initially uh, you know it definitely was especially because you know early reportings about uh you know can you be able to get the virus twice uh so like a person like zeke who had it earlier in uh, a couple months ago um coming in like all right take zeke number one he got the the rona already he, he's not about to get it twice so he's <laughs> safe for at, for at least you know another 16 games but uh new new studies and new reports are coming out that you know the the shelf life the half life of uh these antibodies for the coronavirus um may run out so there could be a possible chance of getting it again um so you know, you, you got to adjust to that as well. So maybe a person like Zeke can also still get it. And so everyone's fair game at this point. So uh, I think, you know, you still have to go into approaching how you feel about the player, how you think they'll perform um, on the field. Yeah, I mean, we're not doctors, but we are scientists. We are. Yes, so <laughs> we can speak about we can speak about studies and, and antibodies and things like that. But um, that's a really good point because I thought Zeke was the safest, the safest as you could get in yep. uh, in fantasy at this point. But um, yeah, I think for me, I look at those teams that have experienced like minimal change, right? Like in an off season like this, where there's going to be no training camp, um, you know, there's going to be limited no preseason um you know limited padded practices i'm looking to those teams like the chiefs or the, or the niners or or um you know even the team like like uh now baltimore like, maybe uh, yeah baltimore maybe yeah. teams that have experienced as little change as possible mm-hmm. right like the quarterbacks the same the head coach is the same like you look at a team like the chiefs they have all of their and it's rare for a super bowl winning team but they have all of their assistants coming back um, they've got all of their players coming back. So that a team like that, like, I'm going to just, you know, I'm I'm probably going to, you know, that's probably going to be a tiebreaker for me, you know, because they're not experiencing as much change. Like a team like the Texans, like, they experience some change in terms of personnel. But, you know, Deshaun Watson, he's not experiencing that much change himself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's not like he's learning a new offense or getting acclimated to totally different weapons. Um, so it might change something like that for me and, 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 you know, maybe I'll try to go safer, you know, I've, we always say this, go safer in those first few rounds, but, um, maybe I'll try to hit some hit on some upside in the later rounds. Just, you know, just try to, uh, hit some home runs later. Yeah. And you were talking about earlier, brought up a good point, uh, like in conversation, like rookies, definitely he might get hit a little bit 
uh, for yeah. this, um, you know, because their only, you know, time of action is just really learning the playbook. Uh, but they don't really get to get reps with their, you know, their quarterback and uh, the other players and trying to prove themselves, especially for, you know, mid-round rookies uh, trying to get playing time and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we haven't gotten to the wide receiver show, but some of the, one of the guys that I think about when we talk about this is Brandon Ayuk. Um, I know he's getting a lot of pub, a lot of love. Um, you know, I just want to pump the brakes a little bit, mm-hmm. um, just a little bit. Um, you know, I think I talked to you about this, but the guy I'm really looking at in that situation, you know, because of the Debo Samuel injury um, and because of, you know, all the change that's being experienced is George Kittle. Right. Um, so, you know, think about it that way. Think about who it affects. Um, one of the guys I'm not concerned about, my breakout quarterback, Joe Burrow, uh, I put this up on Twitter, but this is a guy that known he's known he was going to be a Bengal since February. You know, no rookie could say that they've known what their team was since mm-hmm. February. And uh, the, the NFL teams had weekly FaceTime calls with prospects. The Bengals met with Joe Burrow every week. They maxed out their time with Joe Burrow every week since basically the combine to the draft. And so, and it was reported even then that they were, you know, giving him little stuff about the the Bengals offense. And he was so, he's been slowly learning it since February. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So a guy like him, not really concerned about, I mean, he's got vets in AJ Green and and Tyler Boyd Mm -hmm. um, who know the offense. So, um, and at the end of the day, they're not going to play somebody else. Right? No. So, yeah. <laughs> a new quarterback uh, he's got that, to that door, so yeah. No, he's got that rushing upside too, so I think that, that adds some safety to him as well. But you know what, man? Enough about all this. Let's just jump right into the show, yes, man. Sir. Running back, The running back breakdown. Obviously, we talked about the quarterback breakdown. If you want to go listen to that one, go back to the archives last week's episode and listen to that. But today we're covering our top – our t- we're going to discuss our top threes. We're going to reveal our top eight running backs for the year. Uh, we're going to talk about our bust, our sleepers, our breakouts, and then the new segment, which we debuted last week, our rider dies. Um, but, you know, let's just recap the twelve, the top 12 in total points from 2019 uh, so everyone can refresh their memories real quick. And So number one was Christian McCaffrey, number two, Aaron Jones, three, Dalvin Cook, four, Derrick Henry, Five, Ezekiel Elliott. Six, Nick Chubb. Seven, Mark Ingram. Eight, Austin Eckler. Nine, Chris Carson. Ten, Leonard Fournette. Todd Gurley was 11. And then 12 was Saquon Barkley. That was the top 12 in, in total points for half PPR scoring. So, so Greg, number one, man, that's CMC, right? Oh, man, you already know. This is CMC, yeah. man. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's, We're, it's, so we can move on, right? There's like, there's not, there's like, what else do we have to say about this guy? I'm, like, I, I, I don't. I mean, we could, we can go the whole episode honestly and talk about him if you really wanted to, or we can just, you know, keep going to what. All I gotta say is this man finished with 123 more points than the next running back on that list. That's all I have to say. That's honestly. crazy. Okay, so look, what he did last year is crazy. You know, if you were listening to us, I touted him here as my number one running back in 2019. Yes, sir. And he ran for 1,387 yards and 15 touchdowns, man. He also added six, 116 catches for 1,005 yards and four touchdowns. Yep, yep. Now, look, we did this last week with Lamar, so I couldn't help myself but do it for CMC. If you take just the rushing production, so leaving out the receiving work, CMC was the RB6, one spot ahead of Nick Chubb. If you take just the receiving production, he was the wide receiver 16, one spot ahead of Jarvis Landry. The man was basically the Browns' top two fantasy scorers <laughs> at one position. <laughs> he's Look, better than your he, favorite man, receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, he's durable. 
Um, he got, he even got mad. Do you remember he got mad at himself for catching a cramp last year? Yeah, yeah. He he, he apologized to his teammates and stuff like that. Like it's crazy. He still had a ninety-eight point four percent snap share as well in all those games. <laughs> yeah, man. So I, I find it very hard hard pressed not to take this guy at the one hundred and one. Man, like I just can't. It's just you're 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 being too cute if you don't take him with the one hundred and one. Yeah. Especially now that we know Zeke. The, the antibodies, the half-life of the antibodies is about to, like, it's like 50 days, 52 days, something like that. You know, you're, you're just getting cued if you don't take CMC. Yeah, Standard, man. full PPR, half-point PPR, you know, two-quarterback, I'd, I'd even make don't, an argument there. Like, yeah, it, it don't matter. Like, new situation, you got Teddy Bridgewater. He's not known as a deep guy thrower. He's going to be dumping it off to CMC. Getting He's going to get close to that 100 reception number again. So I see no, I mean, no reason you know, why he you can't repeat what he did last year. I mean, look at, like you said, Teddy Bridgewater. Look at where he came from, New Orleans. And look what he was doing, throwing the ball to Alvin Kamara. Yep. You know, you look at the OC, Joe Brady. Who was, where was he? LSU. Oh, what'd they do? Throw the ball to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like yep. CMC is gonna he's gonna get he's gonna be involved in the pass game like he was last week. The only the only only question I have for CMC, only question is this is a new coaching staff. We don't know if they're gonna use him, you know, play him at that ninety nine or ninety eight percent snap share. And that's the only thing. But obviously I'm not gonna be con- I'm not thinking about that when I draft him. Like I'm really not. Yeah. No. Nah, uh He's such game, you know, game script independent. He doesn't matter what the score is. I, I think they, the uh, Panthers scored three points one game. He still ended up with like twenty fantasy <laughs> points. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like I've never seen such a thing. Like this man is amazing. Yeah. Uh, he's bona fide number one guy. Yeah, man. All right, I'm glad we agree on that, and I'm sure we agree on the number two guy because yeah. uh, that you're a Giants fan. So I'm, you know, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Who's number two, Greg? Oh man, you already know Saquon, Saquon Barkley. You know, finished the year. With 217 carries, got 1,003 yards and six touchdowns in the rushing department. And then in receiving, got 52 receptions for 438 yards and two touchdowns in 13 games. Had a banged up season, but still putting up those numbers. Average 16.8 fantasy points per game. That still finishes RB6. You could arguably he's the most talented running back in football. This man, his rookie year with the full 16 games, had 91 receptions. On 121 targets, that's CMC numbers right there. If you talk to me, so I, I like Saquon here, uh, definitely as far as you know carrying this roster and talk about the continuity that you'll have with this roster because all these guys will be healthy. What we talked about in the quarterback breakdown episode, all those guys the Giants have, he should be in favorable, you know, going against favorable defensive alignments, and he should you know be able to get big plays like he does every year with Danny Dimes. Yeah, man, I, this guy had 2,000 yards as a rookie, 2,000 total yards. Um, you know, it wasn't the 1,000 and the 1,000 that CMC got last year, but it was 2,000 total. He was the first rookie running back to do that. Mm-hmm. Also scored 15 touchdowns. Um, I just think I really, really hope that we see something, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost banking on it. Um, you know, Jason Garrett, he's the new OC coming to town. I think we might see something that we've never seen from Saquon, and that's see him get to 300 carries. His rookie year, he was with 261. Last year, he was 217, like you said. Zeke, in his career in Dallas, averaged 20.9 carries per game, so basically 21 carries a game. And the only season he didn't get to 300 was in 2017 when he missed six games with a suspension, but he still got to 242. Saquon averages 16.5 attempts the last two years. Now, if he can get to the 1920 and break the 300 carry mark, Saquon, who, by the way, averages a 4.8 yards per carry in his career, 
is the kind of back capable of having a great fantasy season, not unlike what we've seen from guys like David Johnson or Todd Gurley or Lev Bell in the past, or even what we saw from Christian McCaffrey last year. I think we can see big things from this guy in 2020. It might sound crazy, but I want the number two pick in almost every draft I'm in just so I could take this guy because that's how confident I am in him this year. Yeah, no, I see him having a huge year, especially for, you know, a young quarterback. The number one thing for number one young quarterbacks is to have a dominant running back behind you. You could dump off and get those checkdowns or to just give it to when, you know, you want to slow things down. So he's he's going to get those touches number for sure. He should get close to the 300 number or above that. And, yeah, I think he should, you know, dominate this year with the, the Giants and definitely get big plays. That's that's a big thing that Saquon does. Mm-hmm. You know, one mm-hmm. one play, he can get a 60-yard touchdown just like that. Yeah, I mean, like you said, man, he's the he's the most talented, by far the most talented running back in the league. Um, you know, when you just look at his his size, his speed, his explosiveness, his leaping ability, his ability to 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 work in the pass game, like he's everything that you could want in in a running back. So, um, yeah, this guy this guy's a stud, man. Yes, sir. All right, number number three, um, that's that's easy, man. That's Zeke Elliott, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not much to say about this man. I mean, we could talk about Dak and all the weapons in the past game and all that stuff. But if this offense is a Ferrari, then this guy right here, he's the engine that makes it go, man. When Zeke scores two, I think I shared this with you uh, off air, but when Zeke scores either two rushing touchdowns or he or he runs for over 120 yards, the Dallas Cowboys in, in his career are 22-2. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> that's, that's winning formula right there. Right? That's winning the formula. It's either, again, it's either two rushing touchdowns or 120 yards rushing, but he's 22 and two, and the Vegas has the Cowboys projected for nine and a half wins. So that's some good uh, potential game script for this man right here. And if you, oh, you know, the, I, I wrote this in before the study came, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna leave that part out. But uh, in, in full port PPR, he drops one spot. Um, but in half or standard, I have him here. So just be mindful of that. But um, yeah, man, you, what do you got to say about this man, Zeke? I know, I know he's a cowboy. You don't want to, you know, you got two cowboys in your top three. That's crazy. No, it's crazy, man. I mean, they they were a very prolific offense. Like you know, you you could you know make the argument that you know he's just such a safe player. He's the safest player in fantasy. Like uh, mm-hmm. this man is a three hundred carry man. He's done that three of the four seasons he was in the league. He it probably would have been four of the four if he didn't get suspended in 2017. He's just a, such a reliable back. You know, RB4, we talked about uh, in fantasy as far as total points per game. He's, he's game script independent. Uh, and, yeah, this is Zeke. He was number one in red zone touches last year. You talked about those two touchdowns. He's going to get the red zone touches. He was number one amongst running backs last year. So uh, that's a that's a good number for him. That's a great number to get touchdowns. He's, he's game script independent as well. He averaged, and he's, you know, well in the uh, passing game, averages 83 targets and 65.5 receptions over the past two seasons. So he's getting involved there. Uh, yeah, uh, Zeke is the man. He's, you know, a cowboy. I you know he. I like to see him on the field because I like to see great players on the field. So you know, I just like to see him losing against my Giants. That's all. Yeah, man, I I could totally get behind that. Yeah. Um. Nah, Zeke is definitely one of the safest players in fantasy. I mean, yep. yep. His, his the the floor and the ceiling are you know so close to one another. Yep. But when he booms, you know he could he's still capable of that thirty point game. Don't sleep. Nope. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> um. All right, man. So. Let's run through these top eights because, you know, clearly we both have uh, CMC, Saquon at two, and Zeke Elliott at three. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure it gets a little bit different after that. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with mine, and then I'll let you 
um, release yours. But at four, I've got Alvin Kamara. At five, I've got Dalvin Cook. At six, I have Nick Chubb. Ooh. At seven, I got Derrick Henry. And at and at eight, I got Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Ooh, with the star, the spiciness at the end. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right. I got you know a little, <laughs> little, little, little similar. You know, at four, I got Alvin Kamara. Uh, five, I have Dalvin Cook. Um, six, I have Derrick Henry. And then Nick Chubb at seven, so the flip-flop. And then I ate. Okay. I got my man Austin Eckler. You already know. Ooh. Yes, sir. Oh, I can't wait to dig into this episode, <laughs> man. It's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. Um, I mean, we. Sh- I, I do want to talk about Clyde, but I don't want to talk about Clyde because oh, we yeah, talk about Clyde. Yeah. We can yeah. talk about Clyde later. We'll talk Cl- about Clyde Cl- later. Clyde's, so Clyde's in one of my picks. This is all I gotta say. You know. Yeah. So okay. 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 All right. Let's just start, man. So who's your Who's your running back bust, man? Because I know mine's a little hot takey, so you might need to, you know, grab the Pepto-Bismol or the Tums or whatever you need because it's going to be a lot. So, so Greg, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, so, my bust this year, I mean, I think, you know, I think going with James Conner, honestly. You know, he finished 2019 mm. as RB33 as far as total points. Only played 10 games. This man was always dinged up. Uh, you know, anyone that had Jalen Samuels or, or Benny Snell on their roster – uh, you know, could have accidentally put him in their lineup, and you know they they ended up being being the starter. That's how crazy it was, because James Conner, even the games he played, he would just leave early or uh, get get dinged up. Um, so he wasn't bad as far as fantasy points per game. Uh, he was right around where Marlon Mack was, but uh, I, I so I think he'll still be you know a top thirty running back. But right now he's going as RB nineteen in round three. Uh, you know, going ahead, guys like Mark Ingram. Nah, I'm not doing that. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Nah, not getting that. <laughs> He's going, you know, above guys like David Montgomery, who I, I also wouldn't agree with that. So I think the ADP scares me a little bit uh, to take him in the third round for a person that over his career, not just, you know, you know, being the injury prone player. You know, every player gets, you know, could get injured as possible. But James Conner is consistently getting banged up. Uh, and I think that because of that, they are going to use – their other you know, running backs spread it, uh, the, the carries and the receptions a little bit more. They still have Jalen Samuels. They still have Benny Snell. And they drafted Anthony McFarlane, you know, a little sleep-sleep action. Uh, so I think that um, that's going to bode well for, you know, all the running backs to get some action. And um, I think James Conner is going to not finish as a top 20 RB. Yeah, man, I can get behind that. Um, again, just preface, Just I guess we already started, but we don't believe that these players are bad players. We don't think they suck. Not yep. all the time. Um, we just think that they're being overdrafted based on their their current their current average draft position. But James Conner, yeah, man, I, he's somebody. Look, death, taxes, James Conner getting hurt in a primetime game. Um, <laughs> those things all guaranteed. Um, James Conner, man, like like I just even when I was doing projections, I just couldn't project this guy for a sixteen game season. And when you do, it's nice. It looks pretty. Oh, absolutely. Right. But you just can't do it because he's never done it um you know look injuries happen like you said but at one point or another we got to realize that a man's just injury prone um you know i i I hate to label somebody that as such but james connor's always getting hurt yeah and you would think Steelers would make you adjust kind of to that and kind of try to keep him on the field so spread it out a little bit more I mean, they could, they, they they definitely could do that. But Mike Tomlin, he's always talked about running his offense through one guy. Mm. Um, so, you know, James Conner's a free agent after this year. So maybe they just say, oh, screw it. <laughs> Let's just run this guy into the ground and then not pay him after. Um, so I don't know. Either way, you're right, man. I don't want to touch him at this price. But I'm stalling. All right, guys. 
Again, I think this player is a good player. Just, I think they're being overdrafted. My, my running back, Bus, Lil Hot Takey, Josh Jacobs. Woo. Um, again, I preface this by saying Josh Jacobs is a great running back. He's capable of being a three-down back. He showed that last year, catching 20 out of 27 passes. And you can see it on his film, even going back to the University of Alabama. And if you feel a buck coming, well, it's because there is one coming. Yes, sir. But the Las Vegas Raiders have added Devontae Booker, who in the last two years has twice as many targets, 60, as he does running back carries at 34. Then you consider the Raiders brought back Jalen Richard, who last year had 10% of the, the team targets with 43. And then the Raiders also added Lynn Bowden, uh, running back uh, via the third round of the, of the draft out of the University of Kentucky, who's transitioned from quarterback to wide receiver in college and now wide receiver to running back in the NFL. So the Raiders have surrounded Jacobs with three potential pass-catching running backs, which leads me to believe that he'll miss out on some of this passing game work. Now, again, this is a guy that can lead the NFL in rushing. He has that kind of ability. But I have the Raiders falling under the 7.5 line, set by Vegas with a projected win total of 7, finishing fourth in their division, which means they might fall uh, victim to some negative game script. Uh, J- uh, Jacobs averaged 18.6 carries last year in, in Raiders uh, total, but in Raiders wins, that, that number jumps to 22 per game. In Raiders losses, he averages 15 carries per game. Uh, so without that guaranteed pass game work, I can't buy Jacobs at his current price of RB7 to RB10, depending on where you look. Now, Jacobs finishes the RB13 on a points per game basis and half point PPR, but I've got Jacobs right outside my top 12. He could definitely return value if you get him outside of that range, but not at the current price that he's going. Um, the price for Jacobs right now is almost at a ceiling. And if you don't draft Jacobs, I'm like, I'm not saying don't draft Jacobs. That's definitely not what I'm saying here. I'm, I'm saying I wouldn't draft him over guys like Kenyon Drake or Miles Sanders or Aaron Jones or even a Joe Mixon. Uh, all guys I know will be involved in the pass game to some degree. And that's what's happening right now. Uh, those He's going ahead of those guys. Now, if you're in standard scoring, look, RB7 price, that's lovely for, for, for Josh Jacobs. But full PPR, I've got him falling even further out of my top out of my top 12. So, um, yeah, that's that's my bust. Again, don't hear what I'm not saying. I like the player. I love the player, Josh Jacobs. I, I think he's good. Um, it's just that, you know, when I'm picking this high in the draft, I'm picking a running back this early. He's going off of the board. It's like the 109. Yeah. Like, like when I'm picking a running back that early, like I need somebody that's, that's going to be game script proof um, that I know is going to be on a good offense or a good team um, and won't get game scripted out of their uh, out of their offense. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, it. I, I'm coming around to that a little bit more. I think, you know, Josh, I think just the names that uh, I can think of to go. Definitely Joe Mixon. I, I would like to take him over. Josh Jacobs, um, you know, even I still take, you know, Leonard Fournette. I would argue he's around just around that level. Uh, I just think, you know, he'll get Leonard Fournette getting all those carries last year, and he dominated well as far as, you know, getting into the, the end zone and stuff like that. So, uh, and see in class, Ebbs Hilaire, I'll still take, I think, him. He's shooting up. I'm going to take him over Josh Jacobs as well. Yeah, man. Um, okay. All right. I, I got that out. I was stressing this one all week. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, no, we're going to get a lot of slack. I hear it now, yo. <laughs> this is like, it's like Derrick Henry all over again, man. I can feel it. <laughs> all right, man, who's your running back sleeper this year? Uh, so I got a, I got a mid-round one, and I got a one deep one until we talk about all those other ones later. But definitely mid-round. Got to go Mark Ingram, man. It's it's crazy. Mm. He's going to be 21 in the fourth round. 
I think he's just you know he's he's like a the Chris Carson of before like just getting straight disrespected, but he's he's gonna finish you know I guess almost I think he's gonna finish as a top twelve running back. This man finished RB eight as far as total fantasy points last year, and you know as far as uh, fantasy points per game in a half point PPR league in a top two offense in my opinion, and that dominated the ground number one in run plays per game. I see no reason why they shouldn't fade from that as well. They're going to be top three in run plays per game with Lamar Jackson back there. Uh, and this man is going outside the top 20. Like, it's it's crazy. Uh, they drafted J.K. Dobbins. But, you know, as we talked about before, let's not go crazy on rookies and the output just yet. Um, we thought Justice Hill was going to be intriguing. And Mark Ingram still dominated. <laughs> he was top 10 in red zone touches. He was top five in total touchdowns last year. 20th in carries at 201. And, you know, his efficiency numbers are, are excellent because he was only on the field for 49, 50% of the time. So if, for him to put up those numbers with a, a very, like a medium snap share, I'd take his ADP all day in the fourth round. Give me that, Mark Ingram, all day. Yeah, man, I like that one a lot too, man. We talk about Mark Ingram all the time on this show, uh, you know, criminally underrated ADP. Facts. Um, you know, he's he, like you said, in a good offense, he's going to get those goal line carries, which is what's what really matters in football is those touch in fantasy football, those touchdowns, right? Yep. So, who's who's your other sleeper, man? The late round sleeper you got, Deep Brown. You know, I, I gotta go Latavius Murray. Uh, you know, this is just going through the pain last year of drafting Kamara and not <laughs> having Latavius Murray, and just also just Latavius Murray's been, I just I don't know, something since 2015, he's had at least 140 carries. And he's had at least five touchdowns in every year since 2015. Uh-oh. He's going as running back 44 right now in the 10th round. Uh, it's worth that flyer. I'll take that all day. Um, you, you talk about a guy who's going to be in a potent offense uh, with Kamara, and he's going to you know, get his carries. He's, I can see him getting another at least 100 carries this year again. Uh, he finished as RB29 in total fantasy points last year in half-point PPR. Uh, Latavius Murray is just a solid back, and God forbid anything happens to Alvin Kamara. You have a bona fide RB1, so I, I, like, I like Latavius Murray in his spot every year. Yeah, man, we talked about it when we did the mock draft episode. Uh, go back and listen to that one if you'd like. But the well, Latavius Murray is like the highest upside handcuff in fantasy football. Yep, like has to be, has to be. Um, you could even start him in games where you know the Saints are like twelve point favorites or something like that, yep. right? So like, yep. um, yeah, I, I like I like that one a lot. <clears throat> All right, man, my running back sleeper. How life comes full circle, man. Ooh. It's it's Ronald Jones. Oh, this yeah. very show last year, I was I was blasting Ronald Jones, blasting this man as I as I touted Peyton Barber as a potential 14th round sleeper. Now I've got Rojo here as my sleeper in 2020. Greg, if you had to guess, where did Rojo finish around money among, among running backs last year in total points? Hmm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go RB 26 something like that. Wow, that he finishes exactly the RB 26. Oh, let's go, let's go, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow that's crazy um yeah he finishes rb26 on a bad on a, a tampa bay offense that was led by Jameis winston who threw 30 interceptions uh you know jones in this inefficient offense still managed a thousand yards from scrimmage and six touchdowns this offense under tom brady should be more efficient than this i'm projecting the bucks to be a good team this year i see them winning 10 games and that should bode well for rojo in the run game Last year, Rojo averaged 9.4 half-point PPR points per game. But Rojo only played 37.5% of the snaps last year. 
And if you look at the games in which he played more than 47% of the snaps, there was just six of them. But if you look at those games, Rojo averaged 15.3 half-point PPR points per game, which during those weeks made him the RB4. Mm. I've got Rojo inside my top 30. Uh, he's going off the board as the RB33 on Fantasy Football Calculator. And when you're picking a running back that late, like I want a guy that through talent and situation could land in the top 18 or maybe even the top 12. And so I think Rojo has that kind of upside. I did move. I did. Uh, I did end up moving him down a little bit because the Bucks did sign Lashawn McCoy, um, but that's only should that should only put a dip in his ADP. So that's eventually going to be baked into his price once we hit drafts. True. Um, but all in all, man, I'm I'm buying this man in 2020. Yeah, I, I like that. We we drafted him in our mock draft episode actually, uh, and we were confident about that, especially. For a potential top five offense, you you want a guy like Rojo that's you know going to potentially get red zone carries and Shady McCoy. He's an older back. Um, I can't you know can't see him getting relied on too much. So you know I I see Ronald Jones still stepping up in a, in a big way. Yeah, man. I mean, if you look at this, you know, look at these Patriots offenses too, right? Like we had Sony Michelle and James White. Like yep. I think I think Lashawn McCoy is probably going to come in here to take some of that pass game work. Um, but who knows? Bruce Arians is is weird, and he could, he you know we saw him give CJ CJ uh, Chris Johnson all these carries over over <laughs> David <is> Johnson. <laughs> so so um, but you know Tom Brady is a little bit different. I think he's gonna want he's gonna want the younger guys, the guys that are in there, the move the chains, and I think Rojo does that, um, especially around the goal line. Man, this guy's I think he's gonna be money or once we once we get to the once they they get to the red zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know this is a real take because I hated Rojo last year. Yeah, I was yeah, not yeah, on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, one so. of early round draft pick as far as, you know, coming out of college. Yeah, I remember you saying, yeah, Rojo's not even a good football player. Like, he was struggling. <laughs> he was struggling in camp, though, from reports and stuff. So, yeah, uh, definitely full circle. Yeah, man. Um, all right, bro. So, that running back breakout, I know this is this is about to be fun. This part oh, right here is going to be oh, real fun. Yeah, I guess this is a... A really popular one for me. I mean, a really popular one for everybody right now, especially after the Damian Williams news. It's, it's got to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now, he's currently going as RB20 in round four, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. But I'm telling you, by next week, that's probably going to be <laughs> definitely oh, like, yeah. you know, round three, <laughs> maybe round two. Like, his ADP is soaring right now. Uh, it's very popular. I think, now, be, I think it'll be, like, top five. <laughs> the yeah, hype man. is crazy right now. It's wild right now. Uh just, you know, a number one running back in Andy Reid's offense, you know, it's, it's a bona fide RB1. It's been that way so far and in general since he was with the Eagles, since, you know, back with uh, Brian Westbrook. So I expect him to finish in the top 12. I see him as like a, you know, Darren Spose 2.0. When I look at him on tape, uh, he had 215 carries in his final year at LSU. Uh, he averaged 6.6 yards per carry in the SEC as well as getting 55 receptions and averaged 8.2 yards per reception in the SEC, mm. so he's capable mm. of doing, you know, being a bell cow running back, getting those touches, uh, getting close to over, you know, over 200 touches, um, especially with his size. I wouldn't, wouldn't uh, be phased by that at all. This man's a tough guy. People have been down on him all his career, and he's just been, you know, doing what he's got to do. Um, so I believe he can get that 200 touch plus mark. Um, DeAndre Washington, is, I think, is worth taking a late round fly with him. Shout out to him. He played at Texas Tech with Mahomes, but yeah, I mm-hmm. think. That Cloud Edwards Hilaire is going to be a guy that, you know, 
this year, <laughs> possibly, and next year is going to be draft at the top of the, you know, the first, I mean, second and third rounds, like, easily. So, I'm going to go with my man CEH. Yeah, man, I, I like that one a lot. I, I think we had talked about Clyde as a potential breakout even before the Damian Williams news. And, yep. you know, then the Damian Williams news hit. So, you know, breakout's done. It's happened, I guess. If yeah. You... <laughs> draft now. I'm saying it. If you play, if you play in a fantasy league or a dynasty league, just go shop Clyde and see what you can get. I'm serious because oh, I've seen yeah. some crazy trades on Twitter. <laughs> some crazy, someone traded Alvin Kamara straight up for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like it's crazy. I can see. Yeah, after week one, if he has a big week, yeah, he would be. Oh yeah, I, I, I think I would shop him too. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> yeah, I mean, rookie running backs, uh, first round rookie running backs, and they're. Uh, you know, going over the last 10 years, uh, averaged 214 carries in the season. So I was projecting Clyde for that before this news. And, you know, I think what this does, it gives him more of the passing game work because I think that's where Damian Williams really made his money was in the pass game with, mm-hmm. with Patrick Mahomes. So, um, yeah, and I like this one a lot. Uh, man, I'm going to the rookie to the rookie running back well as well for my, my running back breakout. That's Jonathan Taylor. Second-round pick for the Indianapolis Colts. And this man right here is a freak of nature. I'm talking in the Saquon Barkley sense. JT is 5'10", 226 pounds, ran 4'3", 9 in the 40-yard dash. Compare that to Saquon, who's at, who at 6'233 pounds, ran 4'4". And, man, the comparisons don't stop there. Both these guys had crazy college production, each scoring over 50 touchdowns in their respective careers, both going over 5,000 total yards. JT actually had more than 6,400 yards in just three more games than Barkley. Now, I've shared this on the show before, but JT's a 94th percentile prospect in my running back model over the last three years. And the only names above him are guys that all have first-round draft capital, which all you dynasty players out there know is important. And I know for sure, JT had JT been a first-round pick, he would have been the highest-rated prospect in my running back model, sliding in ahead of none other than Saquon Barkley. So obviously, JT went in the second round, um, but that doesn't change the fact that this man's a generational prospect at the position in the mold of Barkley. He may not have the pass-catching prowess that Barkley had when he was coming out of Penn State, but that doesn't mean JT can't catch the ball. He just wasn't asked to do it very much at Wisconsin. And so he comes to a Colts team that has one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. The Colts' offensive line, according to PFF, was third in 2019 as a unit, but they but they're second in uh, they were second in run blocking grade. PFF has them ranked as a top 10 offensive line in the NFL coming into the 2020 season, with four out of their five starters having ranked in the top 10 of PFF grades at their respective positions in 2019. The part of the reason I'm projecting the uh, that's part of the reason right there that I'm projecting the Colts to to win the AFC South and hit the over on the eight and a half win uh, win total set by Vegas. The Colts were fifth in team rushing attempts last year and tied for second with Tennessee in neutral neutral game rushing rate at 48%. It was clear um, <clears throat> it was clear last year that the Colts wanted to be a running team and they doubled down on that when they traded up in the draft to select Jonathan Taylor. Now, things aren't all sunshine and rainbow, rainbows for JT uh, for his in his 2020 outlook. He obviously has Marlon Mack in front of him who's talented in his own right, but I do believe that this will eventually become JT's backfield. The hope is that it happens sooner rather than later. Uh, JT is being drafted ahead of Marlon Mack, going off the board in the 6th to 7th round as a high-end RB3. If I pick a guy like JT, then, then maybe I swing around and pick a guy like Rojo or Jordan Howard to buy me some time until JT takes the reins. But this is a guy who next year will be selecting in the first round of fantasy drafts. 
Yeah, absolutely. I like that, especially for a keeper league or dynasty leagues. If you get him uh, in, in those mid rounds, especially those leagues that control your keeper, uh, like say you can only take him like a keep have a player keep after a fifth round above below. Yeah, Jonathan Terry is going to be there. Uh, he, I think he was, you know, the most talented back when I was looking at, at all the running backs coming out of college. JT was, you know, the best running back I think coming out. So I, I like yeah. him a lot. I like that pick. In terms of p- best pure runners, I mean, yeah. it's got it was definitely JT man. Yeah, he balled out. Um, yeah, and the thing I liked about him too is, like I said, it's not that he can't catch; he just wasn't asked to do it. I remember watching him at the combine, watching his workout. That was the thing I was most interested in watching. Um, you know, he a lot of running backs you could tell when they can't catch because they'll let the ball come into their body. JT was full extension with the arms, man. So uh, I like that a lot. That just shows me that he can do it. You know, maybe he can't go out there and run all the routes that maybe a CMC or a Saquon Barkley can run, but you know, just his ability to be on the field in those situations, I think it will be important. We ride together. We die together. All right, man. Ride or dies. You know what it is, sure. Greg. Who's who's your ride or die for the 2020 season, man? Oh, man. You know, I got to stick in that. That that Saints backfield, it, it's got to be my man, Alvin Kamara. Uh, mm. this, this man, you know, if Saquon didn't exist, he, he'd probably be my favorite player to watch, honestly. He's such an electric flying player. Uh, and when he gets going, when he gets grooving, man, it just feels like he's toying with opponents out there. Honestly, he's he's so he's so shifty, he's so elusive. Uh, I think he's just you know one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, he was RB nine in fantasy points per game last season. You know, banged up throughout the year, but I think he's just you know I think he's the most important player to the Saints' success. Honestly, uh, and I think they don't they don't make that next step to the Super Bowl uh, other than the refs without you know Kamar. You know, so I think think they are gonna need him. Um, and you know he's he's gonna get the the touches number we talked about uh, and two hundred plus and be able to get those seventy eight, actually eighty one receptions eighty one every last, year eighty one <laughs> every year <laughs> so yeah Alvin Kamara's that guy and best part about it contract year baby let's go Ooh, so, my man's trying to get paid yes sir you know you know Kamara's trying to get paid he saw what CMC got he saw what other top running backs around the league are getting. He, he's going to tr- prove why he deserves that money. This is Alvin Kamara, baby. Let's go. Oh, man. I, I, I love Alvin Kamara. Love yeah, this, man. man. I got to ride. Got to ride with, <laughs> gotta ride with that guy. All right, man. My ride or die for 2020. I think you already know, man. But it's Nick Chubb, bro. That's my guy right here. I'm projecting yeah, him to lead the league in rushing with over 1,500 yards. I currently have him ranked as my RB6. He's going off the board in the art in the 8 to 10 range right around the turn. So if you're telling me I could take this guy who I have ranked well ahead well ahead of Josh Jacobs after Josh Jacobs, then to me that's just great value right there. Now Greg, we talked about this how Jacobs and, and Chubb are essentially the same player in their as in the fact that they're talented three down running backs who are capable of playing that role. The only question mm-hmm. is will they get that passing game work? But Chubb, Chubb finished as the RB6 last year, and even in games in which Hunt was available, he finished in the top 12 during that time span. So his price is not egregious, uh, and this isn't a projection. This is this is just who Chubb is. He, he ran for 1,494 yards last year. He'll run for just over 1,500. I think he'll run for just over 1,500 this year, and I think the Browns are going to win potentially eight to nine games this year and, and make the playoffs. Remember, Steph, Kevin Stefanski, new head coach, is coming from Minnesota, where he was, where we saw Dalvin Cook operate as a workhorse back. We did see Madison involved, and I think we see Hunt involved too, especially as a receiver. 
But in those games when they need to close it out or when they need to get down near the goal line, the Browns are going to lean on Chubb as their hammer. And while I describe Chubb as a hammer at 5'11", 227 pounds, do not get it twisted. Chubb can do it all, man. Last year, Chubb was first in breakaway runs. Those, those are runs over 15 yards at 17. So basically won a game or more than one a game. He was second in evaded tackles with 96, basically six per game. And he was third in goal line carries. All this according to player profiler. He had 50 targets at the position last year, so he's not Derrick Henry in the past game. And I also love the additions the Browns have made to their offensive line. They added Jack Conklin to be their right tackle, and he had the sixth highest run blocking grade at the offensive tackle position according to PFF in 2019. They also added offensive tackle Dredrick Wills from Alabama with their first round pick. And when I watched this guy on tape, he was a dominant run blocker. And so he'll slide in as a le- at left tackle and be an instant force for, for Chubb in this Browns running game. I think we saw what the floor is on Chubb, but I doubt we've seen the ceiling yet. I think I have more shares of this player right now than, than any other player. Um, and before this draft season's up, I'm hoping to get some more, man. Yeah, I like that. I like that you talk about the the big play runs. You know, I I, I put a lot of effort and I mean, emphasis into that. You know, play guys that can you know make their game in one day. That's all you really need. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's good, especially if you're struggling throughout the day. Um, so yeah, guys like him, Saquon, uh, that's that's pretty good for that. Um, yeah, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, these guys. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna go get Alvin Kamara in some leagues. I got to got to put my money where my mouth is. So yeah, I, I like that Nick Chubb pick a lot. Brown should be a better team and uh, better offense in general this year oh yeah i mean i definitely put my my money where my mouth is i, I put a bet down for nick chubb to lead the league in rushing that's what i have mm, him projected like to that. do so uh, yeah. had to about go. at least like three nick chubb memes a day so yeah definitely <laughs> all about nick chubb <laughs> <laughs> i definitely do saying greg like six nick chubb uh three nick chubb memes a day so that's not that's not false all right so of the guys last year who finished in the top 12 who's most likely to fall out man uh, so Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Zeke Elliott, Nick Chubb, Mark Ingram, Austin Eckler, Chris Carson, Leonard Fournette, Todd Gurley, or Saquon Barkley. Mm, that's tough, but I think I'm gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go with Aaron Jones. I think I'm gonna go Aaron Jones. Uh, it was either it was either him and Todd Gurley, but uh, I think I'm leaning towards. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Aaron Jones. I uh, just, you know, the touchdown number was very, very high last year. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm kind of skeptical if he was going to able to be do that. I think I got him right outside the top 12, honestly. But Yeah, I have know, him at 13. So finished as a, a, a solid, very, yeah, very solid RB2 uh, or, you know, low in RB1. So I just think that, or, or, or Todd Gurley, so honestly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, ha- I actually have Todd Gurley. Um, as a candidate to fall out of the top 12. Um, I got Leonard Fournette as well as a candidate. He's he's the first guy I looked at when I thought about this list. Um, mm-hmm. I know we talked about it before with Chris Thompson potentially being a threat to him in the past game, coming over yep. to play with Jay Gruden. So that's I think that's where that comes from for me. Um, but Todd Gurley is another one. And then um, I threw Mark Ingram's name down. You know, I don't think, obviously, I... I like he finishes RB seven last year, and he's another guy that had crazy, uh, uh, you know, goal line and touchdown production last year. Yes, sir. So, um, you know, I still think he finishes in the top, the top twelve or the top fifteen or top eighteen of running backs. Um, right. I think that's definitely in his upside, but I don't think he can do RB seven again. Yeah, I, I think he still finishes in the top twelve, but it's, I got him right at ten. Uh, so, I think yeah, just as far as 
I, the Ravens are going to be winning again. They're going to be winning a lot of games. They're going to mm-hmm. be at the goal line. He he's going to be getting at least you know games where he's two touchdowns. So that's fourteen points right there and half point PPR. So uh, I like that his chances for that. Yeah, no, I can get behind that as well. Um, all right, man. So there's some guys I guess I don't like. Ooh. I I don't like them. Uh, Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. Devin Singletary. Mm-hmm. I just I really Devin Singletary is one that I, I just really don't like this year. Um, and it has more to do with who's in his backfield than it has to do with him. But <clears throat> Leonard Fournette's going RB12 at the 212, and Devin Singletary's going RB18 at the 309. So which one of these guys would you rather have? I think i still rather have uh, Leonard Fournette. I mm-hmm. just think that he, just the, the carries number is still going to be there, honestly. Um, so I, I'm, still, I'm still there to buy that, even when... Um, which we call it. Frank Gore was on the roster. They still used him. I don't think they had you know full trust in Devin Singletary as far as you know being a bell cow guy. But uh, I think Leonard Fournette will still get as far as the ground game, not maybe in the receiving game. But he relies on that get those carries marks. So I'm I'm gonna still buy Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I'm. I'm. It's, this one's easy for me. I'm going Leonard Fournette on this one as well. I, I mean, like you said, he'll get the carry number. Maybe we can't count on the receiving work, but Devin Singletary, we're not even sure what he's gonna get, right? Like, right. We have no idea. I. I, I mean. I guess we could just, you know, jump right to the next discussion on this one. But Devin Singletary versus Zach Moss, I, like, I think that's a conversation that needs to be had. And I know, Absolutely. you know, Zach Moss is picking up more steam. Um, but, you know, he's going in like the 10th round of some drafts. Uh, and, you know, if you look at what Frank Gore did last year, you know, and if Zach Moss is filling that role, Frank Gore was getting like 10 carries a game, you know. Mm-hmm. And so Zach Moss, who's younger, um, you know, more explosive um, than Frank Gore, which is at this point 37 years old, not hard to do. But, um, you know, Zach Moss, I think he can fill that role. And then another thing that he brings, because, uh, you know, people are like, oh, well, Devin Singletary in the past game. Well, Zach Moss can also catch the ball. Uh, I mean, if you, uh, you know, he, you know, you may look at his height, weight, you know, he's, you know, f- what, 5'10", uh, 230 pounds or whatever he is. And you may say, oh, well, he, you know, he's a big bruiser. But this guy caught 66 passes in college. Um, he's He can be used in the pass game. And so, you know, you've got a guy who we already know is probably going to get the goal line work, um, is going to get 10 carries a game, and could also catch the ball if needed. So if Devin Singletary, if anything happened to Devin Singletary, they decide to just, you know, hey, let's go to this, this guy because he can do everything, you know, then – and you can get him in the tenth round versus paying a you know paying a third or fourth round pick for Devin Singletary like that's easy for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like that a lot. It's you know kind of the, the argument you can make for that Latavius Murray Kamara thing. Um, yeah, just a, a guy that you know late late uh, guy that you can get and can produce um, in, in, as far as ADP. So yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, but I feel like so Alvin Kamara right like there's a guy who's going in the he's going top four. Right, and you know what yeah. you're going to get from Alvin Kamara. Like, there's never a concern. Like, oh, Latavius Murray is going to outproduce Alvin Kamara, so to the point no, where he's yeah, going to take his job. Like, I think Zach Moss could legitimately take this backfield. Like, I, that's yeah. possible, right? Like, I yeah. don't think it's completely out of the question. So, um, you know, I, yeah, I just I look at Devin Singletary's price, and I'm like, nah, bro, I'm good. <laughs> All right, man. So we got to talk about uh, Carry On. He was your breakout running back last year. I know you've been in love with him. Ever since know, he was coming man. out of Auburn, you you Crazy. told me he was a he could he had Le'Veon Bell like potential with his running style, and he weren't the first person to tell me that. Um, 
So the 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 Lions have added DeAndre Swift, second round running back, who some some thought was the the top back in this class. Um, and so now he slides in to a backfield with Carry On Johnson. So what are you doing with that situation? Uh, both of these guys are uh, both of these guys ADP. Let me pull it up. Uh, DeAndre Swift is going off the board as running back 38 in the eighth round. And carry uh, on Johnson, I can't even find you. Yeah, I think RB27 in the sixth round. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, RB27 for carry on and DeAndre Swift, RB38. Right. Right outside the top twenty-five, uh, you know, I, I I like the situation. I like the uh, the drive fights to carry on right now. It's not too crazy. Um, the way he finishes right outside the top twenty-five, um, especially with the team that you know right now they're you know their players will be back, but they have a little outbreak going on with their their passing game. Um, so I think they might have to you know rely on both uh, carry on and DeAndre Swift. Uh, I, I can't see I can see how both backs can be involved and be effective so i could see both backs being top 30 uh, at the the end of the year um so I, i'm not you know, sad on either draft rush right now i do like deandre swift's adp a little more though yeah I, I, that that was shocking to me i thought that deandre swift would have been going higher um yeah i actually have him slightly above carry on in my rankings uh just because i i'm projecting him to get that pass game work mm-hmm. um Carry on's getting slept on though, man. I mean, the ADPs yeah. I guess isn't showing it, but uh, people are leaving him, you know, left for dead. Uh, Carry on's talented. He's just hurt. He's just been yeah. hurt the last two years. But the guy is talented. Yeah. Um, he is. He is. So I mean, yes, DeAndre Swift is going to come in and he could potentially take that pass game work. I mean, that DeAndre Swift ADP is wild. I might have to actually start getting more DeAndre Swift at that yeah, ADP. Yeah, thirty eight. That's nice. That's real nice. Especially <laughs> with somebody that, player, that has yeah. that yeah that pass game upside too, right? It's like yeah, yeah. Especially in full point PPR league, he's got a lot of intrigue. Wow. Okay. Learn something new every day. Um. So yeah. So I mean. Let's just not leave carry on for dead, but yeah, let's scoop nah, up DeAndre nah. Swift at that at that ADP. <laughs> yeah, <bro>. <laughs> <laughs> also let's talk about all these layers. these oh man, these late round guys, you'll pass like round like ten or something. Like it's wild how many players out there you can get. We talk about Latavius Murray, Tariq Cohen's down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like him a lot. Boston Scott, you know how I feel about him. And and definitely uh Jamal Jamal Williams, I uh, like him is a lot. Jamal Williams, um, he's going as the last running back in the draft, uh, and he averaged nine point one fantasy points per game in half one PPR. That's comparable to guys like Tevin Coleman, um, Kareem Hunt, Sony Michelle. So Jamal yeah. Williams, and I also I have a little you know uh, bearish on uh, which one call it uh, Aaron Jones. So Jamal Williams, Matt Lafleur is still there, so he's going to use Jamal Williams. Yeah, I mean, that's totally unpredictable at this point, right? So, like, I think that he's worth the pickup at the end of a draft. Yeah. If you, you know, mm-hmm. you're maybe you're weak at running back or you're in a deeper league, I think Jamal Williams is definitely worth the pickup. Um, especially because, you know, he's somebody who's in the last year of his contract. And, again, you never want to pick somebody up thinking about, like, oh, well, what if he gets traded? But, like, Jamal Williams could get traded midseason. Right, like that could happen. Like, let's say James Conner gets hurt again, and now the Steelers are like, hey, we need a running back, right? You know, yep. so like those kinds of things happen. 
Um, Chase Edmonds, I think, is somebody that's a high, high, high upside handcuff. He's going in like the 11th round of drafts. Uh, you know, as we talked about previously, uh, Kenyon Drake, you know, he's in my he's in my top nine. I think you have him somewhere around there as well. Um, mm-hmm. He's somebody, you know, when when uh, he was the starter in Arizona, running backs behind him, David Johnson, they, they averaged like four and a half touches a game. Um, so whoever gets this this work, this this role in Arizona is going to be a workhorse. But as we've seen from Kenyon Drake, he's not the most durable. He hasn't always been the most durable in his career. So, um, you know, somebody like Chase Edmonds could be a lottery ticket just sitting at the end of your bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely. And, uh, you, know, you know, I feel about Mark David Johnson, you know, all these couple years. Him and, him and Le'Veon, I think, are going to have those years where, you know, they people are sleeping on him, on them. Both those guys used to go one and two, and I think they're going to kind of show why – their their talent level and why they used to be you know two of the best running backs in football. Yeah, man, I I I, I totally see that one. I mean, I got those guys back to back to back in my rankings, literally inside the top twenty. Um, I think yeah. they're both values at, at where they're going right now. Yep. Uh, another sleeper I have, um, you know, Antonio Gibson is somebody that I had you know been picking up a lot in drafts, but Darius Geis is now healthy, ish, right? Like it looks like he's healthy. He will be back. Uh, for camp this year, uh, he's he's going off the board in the sixth round, so you're paying the price as if he's gonna be healthy this year. Um, but if he is, this is a guy that's also talented, could also play in the pass game. Um, so that's somebody that's intriguing to me. I, yo, you didn't talk about Boston Scott? Oh yeah, I, I mentioned his name, but yeah, let's let's get into Boston Scott. Yo, Boston Scott, this man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, you know I'm already a little down on as Miles Sanders as far as you know. The, the touches per game because you know Doug Peterson historically hasn't really used a player like as as a workhorse back. Uh, Boston Scott from week 14 on averaged 15 touches per game. That's RB7 in that span. This man, you know, is gonna be I think kind of have some Kareem Hunt flavor going on going on. So I, I like Boston Scott a lot, and he's going RB59 in the it's round crazy. 14. Like, crazy. give me him all day, all day. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm. I've actually declared myself a Miles Sanders truther on Twitter recently, so um, I can't let you slander Miles Sanders like that. That's my top <laughs> ten running back right there. He's actually my RB ten. So um, mm, yeah, trying to make a little, little, uh, little. Oh yeah, we could throw it in the jar. Oh, we could throw it in the jar for sure. Oh, by the way, we uh, we have we're we're doing this right. I just wanted to make sure. Oh yeah. I, okay. For sure. Yeah. So uh, we are gonna have a little. Uh, you know, Greg and I. If you've listened to us, we've been trying to figure out how to make these, how to you know make our conversations and our debates a little bit more interesting. So we want to put our money where our mouth is. So we're gonna have an imaginary jar, which we're gonna bet a dollar and put it in the jar. And at the end of the season, we're gonna donate that that the contents of that jar. So yes, um, so we can do this dollar bet on Miles Sanders finishing as a top ten running back. Top, hmm, top top ten. Yeah, okay. Top ten. I was gonna say RB twelve for you, but yeah, I'll, I'll do top ten. Oh, okay. I mean, no, 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 no. RB ten. RB ten. No, no, no. We good. RB ten. <laughs> I mean, that's where I have him ranked. So I gotta put my money where my mouth is, right? Word. Um. Also, ten or, if you so ten or higher, ten or higher. So also, if you follow me on Twitter, I did put out some takes on there as well that I'm I'm going to. Uh, I've pledged ten dollars to Fantasy Cares for every take that I that I don't get right. Uh, and the four takes were um, Terry McLaurin as a top twelve wide receiver. 
Ken, uh, Rojo is a top 24 running back. Uh, dang. Do you remember what the other one was, Greg? I, I know I had Joe, Joe Burrow is a top 16 wide receiver, or top 16 quarterback. And yep. then there was one more. I feel like I had to oh, it was Miles Sanders. It was Miles Sanders, the top oh, 12 running back. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was Miles Sanders. Oh, and Rojo. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah. And half-point PPR scoring. Half-point PPR scoring. So so for each one of those I don't get right, I will, I will donate $10 to Fantasy Cares. Um, so, all right, let's talk about this Rams running back real quick. I know we're up against it right now, but let's talk about this Rams running back situation. Um, Sean McVay, who, as we've declared on this show, is a liar. Um, yes, he said yes, he that <laughs> he said that this is going to be a running back by committee, and he is carry he he likes what San Francisco had done, and all their multiple running backs, and that hopefully they eventually land on a guy. So that being said, Greg, Cam Akers is going as RB thirty five, the eight hundred five, uh, and then Daryl Henderson is. I, oh, Daryl Henderson's going RB thirty-seven at the eight oh six, and then Malcolm Brown's just not being drafted at all. So, which of these guys are you in on? Are you are you just avoiding this situation? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I, I played with that 49ers situation last year, and I don't think I want to do it. So, I think think me personally, I'm I'm not going to touch it. Um, but for to not, I'm not going to rely on it to have someone, you know, have, you know, both those guys or try to choose who's going to be the guy um, for week in and week out. I think I'm going to wait to see uh, who, you know, who's like kind of taking that momentum and maybe buy buy low or buy high or buy on maybe for a trade or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm kind of going to avoid it to start, though. I love this. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because I know Sean McVay's a liar. So Right. <laughs> and again, if you listen to us, uh, if you listen to me in the in the offseason talk about dynasty, the only time teams can lie to you all day, Sean McVay can stand up there in a press conference and tell you he loves all his running backs equally and that he's going to play them all and they're all going to get the same amount of playing time and whatever. But the only time teams can't lie to you is on draft day because that's the yes, one sir. time where they tell you that's exactly how they feel about their team and their personnel. The, the Rams did not have a first-round pick. Their first pick in the draft was in the second round. The first player they selected, Cam Akers. So, again, I love Cam Akers as a, as a, as a, as a prospect. If you look at his film at Florida State, he, he pops off the film, and he, he was used to playing with a bad offensive line, and this offensive line in, 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 uh, in L.A. is not that great either. Uh, I think Cam Akers also brings some juice in the pass game as well. So, you know, before this news hit, you were having to pay a premium price for Cam Akers, um, you know, even considering the situation that he's in with all these running backs. But, you know, now I think this is this puts a dip in his ADP. Uh, he's going off the board RB 38. Like I've got him ranked much higher than that. Uh, yeah, I'm buying I'm buying Cam Akers. And, hey, you know what? I don't think it's I'm not saying that if I'm. If I'm, you know, I think Daryl Henderson makes a lot of sense, right? Because as we always know, like we think that we're right and we think that we know everything, but once we once the season starts, like we find out that we really don't know everything. So, um, you know, I will have some shares of Daryl Henderson. I have picked up Malcolm because Malcolm Brown's free. He's free. Yeah. 
<laughs> like, yeah, that's true. He's, that's true. He, you don't have to pay anything for him. And, you know, like, in an offseason like this, what if week one, you know, Sean McVay is just, hey, you know what, let me go with what I know, right? Let me go with the guy I can trust, right? And he leans on Malcolm Brown that way. And, you know, again, it's not, it's not like you're drafting Malcolm Brown to be the guy for the season. You're drafting him to help you get through a couple weeks, Right until you until you sort your running back situation out, but yeah, Cam Cam Akers at, at that price, I think he's the guy that will eventually uh, take this backfield, and um, yeah, I, I like him a lot. So yeah, all right, man, yeah, I kind of oh. like what you're doing. I just think, or oh, one more point, I just need to mm-hmm. Miami's backfield. Don't don't sleep on. Oh that. yeah, like yeah, Jordan yeah. Howard, Matt Breida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually think that's a field I would like to invest in more, honestly. Yeah, I mean that's a backfield. They're, you're definitely paying a cheaper, a much cheaper price with for those guys. Uh, Jordan Howard um, getting slept on uh, as he as he does, and yep. you know I think that this is an opportunity. Jordan Howard's had like 250 carries basically everywhere he's yep. been, with the exception of last year in Philadelphia when he was basic when he you know hurt his shoulder uh, and he he had to miss the rest of the season. But he was on pace to get to that 250. Um, you know, people are are trying to decide between Jordan Howard and Matt Breida. Um, as you know, Greg, I really dig into the offensive coordinators. You know, I'm really heavy here on, on in offensive coordinator analysis on fantasy football diagnostics. So, you know, I had to dig into this one. Um, so, Chad mm-hmm. O'Shea was the OC for the, for the Miami Dolphins. Apparently, there was some tension. Um, you know, players were... Were, did not you know they said meetings were disasters essentially so he was fired after the season uh then they brought in chan gailey who most recently was the new york jets offensive coordinator so you know i'm plugged in there um so back in 2015 chan gailey was the oc do you remember who the quarterback was in 2015 greg for the jets mm, i know we've had a lot it was ryan fitzpatrick <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's the who's the off who's the who's the quarterback for uh, the Miami Dolphins, right? So then, if you think about that 2015 team, what did it have? It had Brandon Marshall at receiver. Oh, well, yes, do they have a big tall receiver? Oh, Devontae Parker. Okay, that makes a ton of sense. They had Eric Decker, who played as a, a big slot receiver, and I think Preston Williams could obviously fit that role. But you know, I, mm-hmm. I think to somebody who played in the slot a lot for for the Miami Dolphins who is a big slot. That's Mike Gusecki. So I think that makes a ton of sense right there. And then, oh, the running back situation. Well, Chris Ivory, he was a top 10 running back that year, um, you know, running for 250 carries. And if you remember Chris Ivory, he was not involved in the pass game. But then we also had Bilal Powell, who scored over 10 10, uh, half-point PPR points per game that year. So that could be Matt Breida. So I think there's a formula here. I think it makes sense. Um, you know, maybe what I'm thinking about it is too, is I'm thinking about it in a too, too much of a simplistic way, but, uh, I think there's, I think Jordan Howard brings great value. And I think Matt Breida can also be useful, uh, as we get through the season, but don't, don't forget, we always used to call Matt Breida the, the West coast version of James Conner. So that That's could, <laughs> it's very much in the cards right there. With Matt Breida. Yeah. Definitely more confident in the Jordan Howard stock for sleeper than yeah, Matt Yeah. Breida. Yeah, I think Jordan Howard is the perfect guy. He's gonna he's gonna get, he's gonna get you through some weeks. He'll get you through some bye weeks or some injuries. You know, maybe yep. he's a guy that you can you can package with a another receiver on your bench or another running back on your bench to upgrade uh, your your flex spot. Like you know, he's he 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 provides a ton of value. Um, all right, man. Is there anything else? Because I know we're 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 really up against it. Actually, went over a little bit. So 
Um, yeah, I think I think yeah, covered it up. I, I had to make that last point, but yeah, we're we're good now. RB breakdown is fully covered. All right, guys. So again, we really appreciate you guys listening. We've got a, a, a bunch of new listeners. Want to mm-hmm. welcome you guys to the show. Um, yes, hope hope you got hope that you all enjoy it. And don't forget, catch us in season. That's where we're at our best. Like right now, mm-hmm. you know, we're doing the breakdowns and all that stuff. That's cool. But in season, we go through every game. We go through every single matchup, every single possible fantasy nugget that could be in that game. Uh, whether you play redraft, dynasty, DFS, like you're gonna want to know all of it. So come check us out. Um, we're you know we're gonna be up to back up to four times a week once we hit September. So yeah, you just make sure you're with us. And again, if you like what we're doing, just subscribe, rate, review us. Um, you know, leave a review. Uh, even if you have questions, DM us. You know where to find us on Twitter and Instagram at FF Diagnostics. Greg is at we underscore made it on Instagram. And I'm at JR Football Nerd on both platforms. Um, and yeah, as always, have a good one. And we will catch you guys next week. And we are out. We out. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to come back next week as we break down the wide receiver position.